Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey people, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And, and this, this is, is season four of Better Let, Let Me Tell You. dude you don't have to finish this <laughs> <laughs> well listeners for those of you who are just tuning in you may notice that yet again that is not uh darian's voice that is not dj however unlike last week um where you know it was a much more estrogen filled voice this week we have another guest host with us we have dave uyoa from the geek bro network i mean you're on how many podcasts over there you know it's Officially, right now, <laughs> yeah. one. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Mount, Mount Geekmore. I do occasionally. I, I feel come like in. you pop up every time I listen to the other ones. Every now and then, I'll, I'll be on one of them. Okay. Um, and we are bringing Shiver, a horror movie podcast, back. So my heart uh, just went a little pitter patter. So, so start start looking for that. That was a lot of fun, and um, I didn't have time for it anymore. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and and we're bringing it back, and and in a big way. So we're starting with Rosemary's Baby. So, a uh, classic by uh, one of the most uh, uh, amazing directors and awful human beings ever. Because uh, <laughs> you, can be you, can, you be can be both. Landscape. You can be both. You can be both. Yeah. Can't be both. Chinatown is one of my favorite movies. Right. Not everybody can be Hitler, who was a horrible human being and a shitty artist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone can do both. You know. No. It's, it's no. right. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is episode 162, um, thank you again for joining us. So, you know, I, I actually want to... Oh, of course, man. It's your first time on the show. Sorry, and, you caught me mid-swig. So that's, oh, that's okay. We are drinking, guys, and so there will be swigs heard aplenty, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so, the first thing I actually wanted to bring up um, was earlier this week. It's actually great because this is the third time I see you in one week. It is. And yeah. that's so rare. And it's like... We usually go a couple weeks without seeing each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then just, you know, we'll, we'll 
text or whatever, but it's mm. like, oh, I, I got you on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday yeah, this, uh, this nice. week. It, it is nice. You should do it more often. But um, Monday, you, I, and and your wife, Stephanie, mm-hmm. went to go see In the Heights. Yes. And I think I speak for both of us when I say we both we all really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I for one was uh, I'm not gonna pretend that I wasn't crying the entire time. I'm not gonna um, pretend either. And it wasn't. It was just like there were points where I was just smiling, and it was just like tears, like like my eyes just the water was falling out. I wasn't crying no, actively. They, they were they were they were happy tears. It was happy tears, yeah. you know. Well, I don't know if you've heard, but you know we can't have nice things. Uh, I have heard this. Yeah, you you have heard. So, in the in the world of you know, this is why we can't have nice things. Um, you know, in the Heights premiered last week. Probably fair to say, if not the one of the biggest, you know, predominantly Latino casts in a movie. Um, I, mean, I, I can't think in of a Hollywood one. movie, shall yeah, we I, say? I can't think of another one with a larger Latino cast. Right, right. I mean, I think, and it's a it's a cross representation. I mean, you've got you know all ethnicities and and. I heard at least 25 different accents just back and forth with the right. Spanish that was in there. Mm-hmm. But of course, like I said, we can't have nice things. So literally the Monday after the box office, and I'm, and I'm looking for the, the story in and of itself, but I will go ahead and, and paraphrase. Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is probably one of the most benign human beings on the face of this earth. Like, yeah. I, 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 I don't even think he understands how to court controversy, right? <laughs> like, he just always seems like he's one step away from just going like, oh, shucks, you know, <laughs> right? Like, he just seems so... Yeah, he's very wholesome. Very wholesome, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, he's not like a... Not in a fake way either. You mm. know, he just seems like very genuine and, and the like. Well, apparently he's come under criticism because... In the Heights, according to some, and I've never lived in Washington Heights, so I can't speak to that, but saying that it's not an accurate representation of the neighborhood, it, in essence, um, was kind of like a whitewashing of, of the neighborhood, and, you know, it was not a true cross-representation of, of the Latino, Latina, Latinx, whatever we want to call it, Latin, because their word already existed, ladies and gentlemen, um, in that there was not enough Afro-Latinos, you know, featured and represented and and at least in predominant roles, shall we right. say. Now, I have my thoughts and opinions on that. Um, my first one is, you know what? Sure. Uh, yes, we need more representation. Being Latino is not just one thing, you know? Right. There are Asian Latinos. There are black Latinos. There are, you know, this girl, um, I can't think of her name right now, Anna Anna Tyler. Um, she was played Magic in the New Mutants. She uh, was yeah, in Anna the Tyler Joy. Right. Yeah. She's British. She grew up in Britain, but she's mm-hmm. actually Argentina. Right. So, I mean, you know, we, and that's not a good example because she's like blonde and blue eyed, but still, you know, we, but we come in all. <laughs> but you're talking about diversity here. Diversity, yeah. exactly. You know, it, it, there's, there's a lot of it everywhere. My, with all that said, it should be represented, but my gut was when I first heard about it to basically tell those people a big fuck you. Um, not because it's not needed, but because, you know, here's one person making one project that unfortunately is having to represent us all mm-hmm. in a way that is not, it's just not, you know, it, it, it's not fair to ask that of, of any project. Right. And also I'm also a a big proponent of like, you don't get to criticize the stuff unless you make stuff like, 
You know what I mean? Like, where uh-huh. where were you with the representation? Like, it's very easy to jump on Twitter right. and just tweet and be like, I'm mad about everything. And yeah. it's like, well, what are you doing about where's, it? Where's your, your musical my, yeah. with, you know, the Latino right, experience? Right, right. Yeah. It's like, well, my uh, my thing is I just get mad and do stuff. Um, So I, I have a huge issue with it. And I want to read um a tweet, <laughs> ironically, um, a tweet thread from Wilson Cruz. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with, no. with Wilson Cruz. So he is actually uh, currently starring in the, the latest Star Trek. Um, Discovery? Discovery, okay. yes. Yeah. He so is, I am familiar with who he is. Yeah. Just not by name. Okay. Um, he's probably best known um, for the groundbreaking role of Ricky, um, Ricky on My So-Called Life mm-hmm. many, many, many moons ago. Um, and so this is what he had to say. He said, one of the issues with having so little Latinx representation in media is that we're disappointed when it fails to reflect every aspect and nuance of our varied and complex culture. No one movie or TV show will ever be able to convey that, which is why we need more made by more of us. And once again, Twitter lives up to its intolerance for nuance. So let me say this. I didn't say I disagreed with folks that are saying the film should have reflected the community more accurately. I wholeheartedly agree, but... We shouldn't be so disappointed and pour all of our hopes of representation into one project if there were more of us in media, which is why a call for more representation created by and for more of us is one of the answers to the problem. So I just, I, you know, I, I couldn't agree with, with Wilson Cruz more. I feel like it, it's so annoying to me. It's like, wh- why can't we just be happy? And maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm settling for the crumbs, right? But why can't we be happy when something so joyous and you know and, and so beautiful and, and, and authentic and, and positive comes out? You know, I, I just mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know if you have the answers. But I mean, what, what, what's well, I, your thoughts? I, on... I certainly don't have the answers. Whatever the answers are, right. um, if the answers were simple, you would have them. Then then I'd have them, <laughs> uh, and then I could sell them. Okay, and and, and we'd make such a profit. Yes, we yes. would just do Dave and Isha's answers. <laughs> That's what we would call it. It'll be a really short podcast. It would. <laughs> so we won't have any of them. But it'd be monetized. Yeah. So we, so it would be. We'd make some. I mean, ten cents is still money. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so he, my my thoughts are that um, I, they kind of mimic Cruz's thoughts mm-hmm. in that I I do think that there was a um, a lack of diversity mm-hmm. in in the cast, and even though these were Actors and, and I actresses that question... came from from you know all different um, mm-hmm. you know Latin countries. Right. Um, I don't know. I have an you, issue with that too. You look sense, on screen but... and they were mostly white, whitish, right? White passing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can make the argument that Dasha Polanco, being Dominican, was probably a little you know uh, on the darker uh, spectrum as well. Yeah, as, but, but when, maybe um, Nina. When the only. Uh, when the only dark-skinned character you have is, is Benny, is who the is, black character who is, who, who is black, right? right. He's, he's, he's not Latino. He's not Latin. Right. Um, uh, the only named character you have, true, right? and that's fair. Uh, because there, there are, uh, and this is something that uh, that Chu, the director, said in, yes, in an yes. interview. John Chu. Um, mm-hmm. He said that there are black Latinos in the um, uh, in the background kind of not really helping his point <laughs> right well i you mean know, but here's here's what i think um you're never gonna please everyone yeah number one any any project that is completed by latinos for latinos 
but that can be appreciated by everyone mm-hmm. is a success. Yeah. Uh, because our stories are not what's popularly put out there, right? right? Um, so it's, it's a resounding success. On top of the fact that, you know, from, from a critical point of view, it's been yeah. it's it's been widely acclaimed, Absolutely. right? Um, however, I think to totally discredit the hey, listen, um, there's not enough diversity in here mm-hmm. is also wrong because right. by saying okay, we've taken a step forward, right? Uh, this is what we're hearing. We need to do. We need to, to do take better. Another step mm-hmm. forward, right? Um, Progress almost never happens in great leaps. Never. It's usually in in steps. Yeah. Uh, you know, very rarely is it one great leap where it's like, oh wow, and all of a right. sudden, you know, it's like you know this this life changing. Right, right, right. So, um, I I think ultimately this is something that needs to be um, appreciated and and loved for what it is, right. not for what it isn't. And I say that about any movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, these are some of the arguments that we have on Mount Geekmore. Yes. Right? Um, uh, and and I, I think that, you know, sh- should we cancel In the Heights? Should we cancel Lin-Manuel uh, or God, John no. Chu? Who else is going to make our stories? Not. Right. Like, like, I mean, unfortunately right now, Lin-Manuel Miranda has the weight of the whole Latino community in Hollywood on his back. Like, yeah. you know, occasionally he'll... You know, when he gets tired, he'll shoulder it a little bit to Gloria Calderon Kellett, who is the creator of, you know, the One Day at a Time. And she's right. got like 14 pilots now going at Amazon, <laughs> which are, all have representation of Latino culture. But it's like, OK, we can't keep expecting these two people to just kind of like, all right, throw another one on the, on my back. Right. You know, it's when when you have a cast full of Latinos and the only household name is Jimmy Smith. There's a problem and it's not a problem with the movie. It's a problem with well, but in all fairness, he's, Hollywood. But in all fairness, he's been in the industry forever too. Yeah, but I mean, he was on NYPD Blue. I mean, he was on. He has done to his credit. He's a name because he's 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 put in the hours. True, but so has Daphne Rubin Vega. You know how you know we love Daphne. Hi, Daphne. <laughs> and and I I don't think that she's a household name. I would agree hundred percent. She uh, should be, but she's not. Dasha Polanco, who you mentioned earlier, yeah. I mean, she's got years of television work mm-hmm. under her belt. Yep. You'd be hard pressed to get say that name say that name out loud. Average, see who, yeah, yeah. You know, uh even Stephanie Beatriz, who is, you know, on one of the oh biggest sitcoms on television currently. Can we talk about how disconcerting it was to hear like her non Rosa voice? It was weird. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> it was it was very weird because I was I was equal parts attracted and repulsed. I had no idea how to feel. Which is like, kind of, which is kind of how I feel about Rosa Diaz. So right, but at least with Rosa Diaz, like the voice kind of tells you she's like she doesn't want you in. Yeah, she's back not trying off, to let you in. Back yeah. off yeah. before I break every bone in your body. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but it was yeah, that was that was an interesting part. No, but I you know again I I agree with you, and so you know hopefully as a result of of this movie, you know these these actors will have a broader a broader name recognition or just, mm-hmm. or be able to get more work. Let's not even talk about name recognition, right? Like, let's kind of go back to what you're saying about, you know, it's, it's baby steps, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're in this movie that's got fantastic reviews. Now when this entire, theoretically, hopefully if Hollywood has any sense, these actors will go out for new roles and they'll be like, you know, Oh my God. Yeah. You were in the Heights. The hi- in the Heights was such a great critical success. 
okay, we'll give you a shot. Okay, we'll give you a shot. And that builds and builds and builds. And these are actors who I, you know, I don't know them personally for the most part, but I do feel confident in saying that these are actors who, if they do continue to gain ground, they do start to produce projects. These, based on what I know of them, um, you know, their, their social media profiles or their other projects that they've done, like podcasts and such, they will look for a way to bring more Latino talent with them because they yeah. are very big on that representation. So maybe I'm just a big picture kind of person and I'm not just looking at the movie as like, well, here's everything that the movie failed to do. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it as like, here's everything that the movie did, which BT dubs, nobody else was doing. Right. Right? Like maybe I'm just a, a, a naive, you know, sentimental, optimistic, you know, doo-doo head. I don't know. I was on board until you said doo-doo head. Well, that's because you have, you know, a kid. And, 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 and he probably says that all the time. And so you're like, yeah, no, I can't, I can't agree with you when you sound like my son. So, no. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And on top of all that, la pobre Rita Moreno is now being dragged into this. Well, because she defended uh, Miranda. And r- rightfully so, I yeah. think. I mean, he, um, he also produced her, her documentary. Um, yeah. So, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Rita Moreno, EGOT. And been in the... She's almost 90. There's a reason she's still around. She yeah. ain't no dummy, okay? No, no, no. Um, but she knows she, she knows what she's doing. And, and again, love her. Rita calls. Um, <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Fun fact, we reached out to her her people and we got a thank you, but she's really busy at this time. So, you know what? How many EGOTs have you been rejected by? <laughs> All right? That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. come talk to me when that Look, happens. Looking on what was accomplished and exactly. what wasn't. <laughs> See? positive angle right yeah. most people will be like i'll be like no no i've been rejected by an egot <laughs> this is th- i'm putting this on us i didn't have it on my bucket list I'm, and now it's there i'm making moves man exactly right? yeah, yeah not i'm going I'm, anywhere but i'm making moves <laughs> it's like the running man you know you're you're still in that one spot for the rest of your life oh anyway so I wanted to bring something else up, and I think actually uh, I'm bringing it up, but I'm I'm actually cheating because you kind of mentioned it yesterday. Um, I wanted to bring up because we're both fanboys, mm-hmm. and there's been a little bit of a of a I don't want to say controversy because that's such an overused word. There's a little bit of a a kerfuffle amongst the the fanboy community. I like kerfuffle. This it, yeah. I, I, little known fact. I'm. Um, one-eighth Australian, so I use kerfuffle a lot. Um, no, it's just a misspent youth listening to Kylie Minogue. Um, Nothing is ever misspent when it comes to Kylie Minogue. That's why I love you. Yeah. That is why I love you, because you're sitting here drinking whiskey, saying beautiful things about Kylie Minogue, and we're about to talk about comics. You can't possibly say anything negative about Kylie I know. How, how, like, I feel like if you don't like Kylie International Minogue... International music superstar. Pop rocket. Yes. Yes. All right. And not bad as an actress. No, she's cute. She gets the job done. Exactly. She you know she just she's not trying to be Meryl Streep. No. And it and no. that's okay. Yeah, and we have and, one and already. That's why it works. We have a Meryl Streep. We don't yeah. need another. Right. But um no. You, hear, you gonna... hear that Glenn Close? <laughs> you hear yeah, look, Glenn. <laughs> I don't care how much, you know, hip hop you claim to know at the Oscars, uh, <laughs> we already have a Meryl. But it's sad they're already replacing Glenn Close with Emma Stone. Um <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood does keep getting younger and younger. So, no, what I was saying is, uh, you know, we're both fanboys. Yeah. Big, uh, big, I mean, I'm looking at your shirt right now. It's, I freaking love this shirt, guys. It's a, it's a take on the Incredible Hulk uh, number 13, I think, is the issue where that introduces Wolverine. I think it's 181. Okay, sorry. 
So you're a bigger nerd than I. Thanks. Um, <laughs> well, I'm a bigger Marvel fanboy. That's true. That's but true. Now, now that D- I said that, I do want to. I do want to verify. All right. Okay. Trust all but right. verify. So um, instead of having you know Hulk and Wendigo going at it, it's Jason and Freddy, and I think uh, Michael Myers is in the corner yeah. in the in the Wolverine role. So I I just I adore that shirt. But um, thank you. But this week saw you know people get into a little bit of a tizzy over uh, something Batman. You were right. Yeah, it is 181. Yep, 181. That Batman may or may not be into. Would you care to elaborate on uh, on this part of fandom? So the, the, <laughs> the kerfuffle has come about because the producers of the Harley Quinn animated series mm-hmm. uh, spoke about how DC uh, higher-ups, the okay. suits, the right? Execs, the, the powers yeah. it be... Um, Nixed the idea of of Batman going down on Catwoman. Okay, and um, we all know cats are self cleaning. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, and just the idea of you know Batman having Catwoman's cat is just you know. It, there's there's a lot to unpack there. It's yeah, because it, a bat is a rodent. Um, cats eat rodents. Yeah, there's. Uh, Ex- I, I don't even know time, where I'm going this with time, this. The rodent is is eating, eating the feline. Yes, you know? so yes. Um, it's, <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going with this, but, but I will follow beautiful. you down the rabbit hole. It's, it's beautiful. All right. The symbolism is amazing. There's a lot right? of like interspecies stuff going on there is, is and really, I'm okay with it. And you know what? It's about harmony. Right. The, yes. Yeah. I, animals should get along. It's what makes the world go around. It, it is, 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 um, cunnilingus. It's cunnilingus. It's yeah. cunnilingus. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, we'll throw fellatio in there. Right. Well, yeah. this is true. This is yeah. true. You have, to re- you have to be reciprocal. Exactly. I feel. Yes. Yeah. Um, so DC's, uh, you know, suits said, absolutely not. They gave two reasons. One, Batman wouldn't do that. That was an actual reason. They said yeah. Batman would not do that. Uh, they said a superhero doesn't do that. And they're which, not very superheroic, are they? Which, which, which I'm thinking like, fuck, like I'm just a man. <laughs> I'm not even, I, I'm not even a hero, right? Much less a superhero, you know? So like a superhero can do anything I can do. You know, and um, and then there's and probably better, and, and just uh, by virtue of their, absolutely, just they're superheroes, right? Yeah. Physical condition, exactly. You exactly. Know? I'd be sad if they didn't. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then the other reason, which to me is the more upsetting one, <laughs> is um, because you know that that you can argue whether it's canon or not canon or Fair, whatever. Fine. Fine. Uh, but uh, to me, the which is it's 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 DC and it's most DC ness. Okay. Um. We can't sell action figures That's, if Batman yeah. is going down on, on Catwoman. Catwoman. And to me, that upset me so much because for the last 15 years, what DC has been selling on film is a darker, more adult <sighs> version hate, but of, you're right. of, of all the comic books that we loved as kids. Yeah. Right? Um, and, you know, sure, you can take this back to... Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams in the seventies darkening up Batman, but it was it was Fair still enough. it was yeah. still not something that was adult in nature. They're right? they're actively courting an R rating now with these movies. Yeah, I mean let's be honest. Let, yeah. let's be let's be hundred percent. Suicide Squad R rating. Um, mm-hmm. You know the Snyder cut. If they could have gotten an X, they would have. Like you know if, if they could have figured out a way to do it by maybe putting a scene of Batman going down on Catwoman. Right. You know they would have done it. They're so thirsty for that adult audience. To your point, I, edginess does not equal quality 
And, Can and you I, repeat that? Edginess does not equal quality. Can you say it one more time? Edginess does not equal quality. Thank you, because I've been trying to convey that in my arguments with people who are just like, bro, the DC movies are so good. And I'm like, I don't even know how to talk to you right now because you sound like a frat boy and that's not going <laughs> to end well for me having a coherent, cogent argument. Right. 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 And, but, but but I like that. You know, edginess does not... Does equal, not equal quality. Does not equal quality. Um, and and you can have something that is edgy, edgy. Edgy. Well, you can edgy. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's, you can't yeah. have something that is edgy and has quality. Uh, right. But uh, but those two things don't necessarily go hand in hand. Um, you know, Deadpool comes to mind. You know, that is certainly right. edgy, but tongue in cheek as hell. But it's all it's tongue in cheek. It's 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 very aware of what it is. It knows what it's doing. And yeah. um and, and it plays into that joke, which is ultimately why like I would prefer to watch Batman Forever mm-hmm. to watching The Dark Knight Rises. Or 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 really or, or watching um really any of the new DC movies with the exception of maybe Man of Steel. Oh you liked Man of Steel? I did, yeah. Uh, now I wouldn't watch it over the first two Superman movies. Okay, but right. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. and 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 here's the thing, right? When you think of you know classic superhero movies, Superman, the 1978 Superman, right. comes up at, at least once in a conversation. Superman, as it should. Superman doesn't throw a single punch in that movie, not one. I was watching with my son the other day. I'm trying to remember, and 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 I was shocked. I'm like, Superman doesn't hurt anyone all he does is save people that's all he did in the movie all he did was save people you know so you can make a great superhero story about what it what it means to have power right without getting edgy right now to go back to the creative team's decision to try to have batman eat out catwoman which is edgy right 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 but 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 this is also a cartoon show but it's also a role reversal where it's putting the power Literally between Catwoman's legs, right? <laughs> She's the one with power, and Batman is the one who's vulnerable. Right. And for condition. those who aren't familiar with, with this with this animated series, it's on HBO Max. It's the Harley Quinn animated series. It's very subversive. Like it's very almost South Park in its, it, you know, it, it it's it's adult humor. It's it's you know, it's got gross out gags and and so it's not. It's not like it's a Batman the Animated Series style. No, I'm good. A style, you know, scenario where all of a sudden they've just got this happening for the sake of it. I mean, this is, you know, the, the, this is a cartoon where they curse and the jokes are, you know, very Family Guy, South Park. So that is right. the tone of the show. Yeah. You know, it, it, so it's not like edgy for the sake of edgy, shall we say. It, and, it fits within the, the right. universe they've built for and, themselves. And, and this would not have been the first time sexuality came into the show. Exactly. Well, the whole second season, I think, is basically revolves around Harley and Ivy and their, and you know, their their budding relationship, as it right. were. So I I, I kind of think it was um, kind of just bad form by DC Do you, to, no. to kind of say, hey, well, we we got to sell action figures. I it's think, a business at the end of the day, which it sucks to say that out loud, but as a marketer, I get it. It does. It does. And, I don't agree. With, I don't, I, not to say I agree with it, but, I'm, their, but I get it. It's their intellectual property, and they can do with it whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, however, does an image of Batman eating out Catwoman stop a six-year-old from saying, 
Mom, I want a Batman action figure. Well, also, the six-year-old should not be watching the Harley Quinn well, animated that's, that's, series to that's begin my, with. That's my point. These two things are so distantly yeah. related. Yeah. Like, that six-year-old has no idea what's going on. Right. Also, we've already all seen Batman's penis. Right. Yeah. For those who don't know, there was a comic book. Also, uh, well done, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a batarang. Um, it, uh, so, DC has this adult line called Black Label where they do more mature stories. And in this particular one, you know, Batman's like, it's he's gotten home from one of his adventures and he's taking off his, his bat suit, you know, the, the costume. And they're showing him in various states of undress. And it's not that you can see, I mean, you can see it, but it was, it's like supposed to be, it was obscured by like shadow, like it was supposed to be darkened, but it wasn't darkened well enough. It's, it's, and this it's made it to print. Clear. And it's this made it to clear. print. Um, the reprints have since yeah, darkened they, it out on the digital sen- and everything. Yeah. It. I don't know what the deal with the penis is. Because you, I don't you even can, know how to explain it to you. you. you what, can, what, what what do you not know about the penis? What, what is it about? No, I mean, with it? censoring the penis. That's oh, okay, what I mean. got it, got um, it. No, I, I I don't understand why we can see breasts, why we can see um, like a, a, a without, vulva without getting too much into it. You know why? I mean, it's patriarchy. I mean, like let's just let's just call it what it is. Like it, it sucks. We're two guys here talking about but it, I that, just, but it's the truth. But I just don't know why it matters. Oh. You're talking to somebody who goes to nude beaches. I don't care one way or the other. Like, <laughs> right. but, but, you know, I know why. You know what I mean? Like, from a societal standpoint, I know why. Because men, you know, don't want to be seen vulnerable. They, they don't want... They, and so, to be naked is to be vulnerable. And so, you know, to see a woman's breasts is... is well, she's, she's there for the taking. She's naked. Look at her. You know, right. lust after it. A man, a man should not be viewed that way. A man should be viewed as just powerful and in a position of power. And the minute that you're stripped of your clothing, theoretically, you're no longer in a position of power. I have a few arguments why that's not true. Right. But, <laughs> you know, but that's a conversation for another podcast. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, it's, I don't know. And, of course, in true fashion, you know, now there's a whole online, you know, petition, let the bat eat the cat, hashtag uh, making the, the rounds. I think the and, bat should eat the cat. <laughs> And do it while his penis is out, too. Just all of it. Yes. And, you know, just have everybody watch. Screw it. Let's just make us a full... Let's <laughs> just like balls what, to the wall. What, what really bothers me about that is... I don't know if you saw the Killing Joke animated film that they did, did a couple years ago, which I did not care for. I'm not a fan of that as a story. Um, see, even... At, yeah, the, the original story I thought and was... I've, and I've um, come to that decision in recent years. I will say, for those who don't know, the Killing Joke is the story where essentially... Um, Batgirl becomes crippled by the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, for those of you who need a spoiler alert, this thing's like 30 years old, so catch up. I believe it's 1988. Yeah. 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 So it's been, so over it's 30. been yeah. a minute. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they, they took that comic book and they turned it into uh, one of the DC Direct you know, video releases right. and in recent history. So. But they, they added um, some scenes at the beginning of the movie where mm-hmm. they gave... Batman and, and, and Batgirl a relationship. Did not like that. And 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 Batman is significantly older than Batgirl. Uh, you could say that that would be like akin to like a supervisor or a boss <laughs> taking advantage of, uh, is, of, of his employee. Is Alfred HR in this scenario? Because um, I feel like that's the only way this God, works. I hope so. Because if, if anyone if anyone can bitch slap some sense into the, Bruce. Bruce Wayne, it's Alfred it's, Pennyworth. It's Alfred. Yeah. Um, and so they were okay with putting Batman in a relationship with a significantly younger girl. Yeah, let's say let's say at the very least ten years. Like let's say Bruce is thirty, Barbara's twenty. I'm saying yeah. like let's 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 give that 
benefit of the doubt. Okay, yeah. Um, that was okay, but him eating out like an equal. Well, there that's you go. not. I have bigger issues with it because Barbara. Listen, Barbara and Dick Grayson are canon in my book, so yes. to put her with Bruce Wayne is tantamount to sacrilege. But mm-hmm. that's also because I literally have a Nightwing tattoo on my forearm and a Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman on my back. So clearly, I worship at a very odd church. Uh, <laughs> not not that odd. Okay, yeah, that's my kind of church. <laughs> Uh, so yes, let the bat eat the cat. Apparently, we'll mm-hmm. see where this goes. Again, it's just everything becomes a movement now. Everything becomes a hashtag now. It's so ridiculous. Like anytime somebody has one built on itself, it just it's like to the Twitter, you know. Yeah. And, and and like I do think people need to find something in life that fulfills them. Um, you know, uh, take take up gardening. I w- you know, uh, be, become a haberdasher. Oh, um, haberdashery. That's a, that's a lost art. I've always wanted to open a haberdashery. Have you really? Yes. My dream is actually, uh, when I retire, to open a haberdashery. Well, now, for those who don't know, what is a haberdashery? A uh, haberdashery is uh, kind of like a one-stop shop um, outfitter for men's clothing. Uh, so you can stop in there. You can pick up uh, suits. You mm-hmm. can pick up casual shirts uh you can get slacks you can get jeans shoes uh socks underwear hats uh anything that you need i always picture lots of hats at a haberdashery yeah i don't know why yeah yeah well that was uh always what drew me to it was was the hats, the hats. you know so I, I wanted to have like a custom hat maker in shop that could you know do whatever you wanted you know and have, so it's have almost a like a, it's almost shop. like a store like for diddy but that the yes. rest of us can go to. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it would not be cheap because <laughs> everything is going to be, you know, uh, custom made it's to, bespoke. to you. It is bespoke, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that is uh, that is the term. Yeah. So it would be bespoke. Um, and I know exactly where I'd open it. Oh, where? Celebration. Uh, the, the Disney neighborhood? Yes. Yeah. In downtown Celebration, they have like this beautiful, huh. this beautiful little like main street on the water. And uh, and there's there, there's always a shop or two that you know is looking to rent because the rent must be high. It has to be, yeah. Uh, but see, I have a place where I would recommend you do it. Ideally, though. that's where I'd like it. See, I wouldn't recommend Celebration. Where? I would recommend Blue Ridge, uh, Georgia, downtown oh, Blue Ridge, Georgia, okay. because it is a very sleepy looking town, mm-hmm. but it has a lot of money in that little town. And the reason I know there's a lot of money is because a there's quite a few banks. Mm-hmm. And B, there are way too many boutique candle shops. Oh, yes. There must be money there. There's money there, okay? There's like yeah. four in just the downtown strip alone. I'm like, <laughs> okay, there's not even that many Starbucks on one block, okay? And you guys are it's boutique candles. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, haberdasheries are not cheap, so I would suggest no, no. You, you look into it there. Yeah, I um, I actually tried uh, making a couple of hats once. Really? Yeah, of what? You know, fedoras and, you know, straw hats and stuff. How'd it go? How'd uh, it, it went well. If I were to... I wouldn't even know how to start. Um, I actually had friends okay. in the industry. Who were haberdashers? Who, yes, they were hatters. This is also the most anyone has ever said the word haberdashery in 2021. <laughs> ever in I 2021. Think this, I think this was the first time <laughs> yes. in all of 2021 that it was said. Uh, so, not, not even the United Haberdashers no. Front <laughs> has has uttered the word yet. Uh, they, they've typed yes. it in emails. Yes, they're, they're social media, of yeah, course, of clearly. Course. But Yeah, but saying out loud. No, no, this is the first, so you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, Association of Haberdashers. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I, knew, I knew a few hatters. Um, oh. and, um, Were they mad? Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> you know where that comes from? No. Hatters used to use mercury to, uh, to do fine finishing on the felt. And so they'd close themselves into their workshop and use the mercury. Of course they'd and, go fucking nuts. And so, yeah, with, with, with the fumes that would come off of these hats with, with the mercury on them, uh, that's, that's what would literally drive them crazy. So they were, they were going mad. And that is the learned portion of today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. The more you know. <laughs> that is freaking awesome. So, okay, well, I want to transition to, to one more topic um, before we get to this week's guest, which is uh, Oscar Quesada from the Arsh Center to talk to us about the community dance uh, for, for Pride Month. Nice. But, you know, speaking of Pride and... You know, and and the Arsh Center, essentially by hosting this, it's their fifth year um, doing it. And, you know, they've definitely demonstrated that they are an ally. And as we know, Pride Month has not been something that has come about very easily. You know, it's something that it's been a struggle. It's been hard fought. It's been hard fought. And, you know, here it is and and we're in it. But um, which kind of leads me to just I I don't know if it was yesterday or or today. So forgive me. Um, President Joe Biden actually just signed into into law the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act, yeah. officially recognizing June 19th, uh, which is known as Juneteenth, as a actual federal holiday. Mm-hmm. And for those of our listeners who don't know, I think we've mentioned uh, Juneteenth before on the, on the show. Um, it's a date, you know, June 19th is, um, it's, it's originating in Galveston, Texas in 1866. And it signifies basically the day that um, of June 19th, 1865, the announcement of General Order Number 3 by the Union Army General Gordon Granger proclaiming freedom for slaves in Texas. And I believe, because you're smarter than I am, I believe Texas was the last... Uh, <laughs> I believe Texas was maybe the, the last state that had um, you know, slavery in it. So by proclaiming it outlawed in Texas, that, that was like the date that it just officially was no longer recognized at a at a governmental level, shall we say. So uh, my understanding of it is once... Um, See, he's about to show why he's smarter than me. <laughs> uh, once, once the South, uh, the Confederacy, loses the war, right? right. right? Y'all um, lost, get over it. The, um, th- the Emancipation Proclamation makes any slave free. Right, right. Um, so... Yeah, but there were still laws on the books. All, all of these slaves... But federal law trumps states... Law. You wouldn't know it nowadays, but sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, especially here. Uh, so it, it 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 always supersedes it. So a state can go uh, can can do more than what the federal law uh, mandates, mm-hmm. but it can't do less. Right, right, right. Um, so uh, the federal government is saying all slaves are freed. Right. A state cannot say yeah, but <laughs> not the ones who were brought over the last right. three years. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, right. uh, in the 1860s, uh, there is no um, mass communication system. So you they didn't ha- have Insta. Uh, un- I I think it was in the works. Okay, okay. They only had Friendster. Only Friendster. Got it. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And to download your music on Napster, <laughs> it it took like all day. And if someone picked up the phone, oh heaven forbid. Yeah. Ma! Oh my God! I gotta download this Metallica album again. <laughs> Lars Ulrich is gonna kill me. And then you would download it, and it would not be usable because no. it was just some like random spam bullshit. But anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, these kids don't know how good they, they are. They don't. They yeah. don't. Back in my day, you know, I had to walk 40 miles back and forth in the snow in yeah. Miami because it snowed back then, <laughs> you know, just to get, uh, you know, a, a single. Okay. So calm down with your iTunes and your Spotify. Yeah. Oh, boy. But anyway, so, back to the. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Anyway, um, the, um, the federal government st- uh, sent the army. To go and and basically make sure make sure uh, that all the slaves were made aware of this, okay. and so Galveston, Texas, was the last, the last place post. that was um, that was uh, informed of this. And okay. So, okay. So that's that's why it's celebrated. That's as far as as I know. I could be wrong. No, that sounds a hell of a lot more. I was just reading from Wikipedia, so that's a uh-huh. lot more uh, you know educated than what I was pulling from, which was half-assed as usual. Um, <laughs> But no, yeah, so I think it's, you know, obviously, you know, last year alone, I feel like there was a lot of impetus for for racial reckoning um, in this country, as mm-hmm. anybody who's, you know, was alive last year would, would agree and, and, and see. And I think, you know, it's very telling. Um, like we were talking earlier, you know, with, with like within the Heights, right, where it's, you know, it's little things like this. You know, I know a lot of people are just like, you know, oh, well, whatever. What does it matter? Who cares? It's a... No, but it does. You know, it's it's the government. It, it, it's the government saying, like, you know what? We hear you, and and we we're gonna do whatever our small part is. And a lot of times, people forget, and and maybe it's because you know, when you are the majority, you forget what representation and what acknowledgement actually means, because you're always acknowledged, right? To have somebody say like, no, no, this this thing, this date that you have celebrated, because Juneteenth. In my consciousness, has only come to my to mind in the last maybe like five or six years. But I'm the more I read up on it, it's like you know black black people in government have had their little you know their 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 gatherings to kind of you know commemorate it and celebrate yeah. it for years. And again, I'm not black. Unfortunately, because I'm not black, I just didn't know it. It's just it's right. not part of my history. That's let's layer on the fact that I'm first generation, so it's really not part of my history. You know, right. like I'm there's things about this country that I just don't know because my people haven't been here long enough to have that full you know knowledge. But to to government come out and say like it is now a federal holiday, we acknowledge this, we recognize this as an important milestone in our country's history. That's a huge fucking deal. I, I would think so. You know, in, in the same way that um, you know, we, we honor veterans. You yeah. know, it's it's a it's a big deal that you um, sacrifice life and limb yeah. to you know protect freedoms. Yeah. That should be honored. Absolutely. Right? So if if we are celebrating uh, if we're a country of freedom. Right. If if we are essentially celebrating the end of a civil war. Yeah. The freedom of a, a very large portion of our population, Shit, yeah. right? Um, why can't that be celebrated mm-hmm. officially? Right. And again, we're a country that likes to, you know, trot out, you know, oh, we're a free country, free speech, free this, free that. It's right. like, well, then, yeah, let's let's continue celebrating every moment that a group gained that ability. Yeah, it's, it's a milestone. That, 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 that a group became free, you know, because... Again, you know, I'm not black. Anybody who's seen our Instagram knows this. Um, you know, but there are there are swaths of you know of the black community who don't. It's not like they don't celebrate or acknowledge Fourth of July, but don't feel the same way about the Fourth of July as as some other of us you know in this country do. Right. For their own legitimate reasons, right? But now they've got Juneteenth. 
where they feel this is the date that we actually we as a quote unquote black community yeah. gain that freedom. This is our independence that you day. all celebrate on July fourth. Yeah. You know now. Does that create division in the country in terms of, uh, I mean, that's a conversation for another day. But you know what? Another day acknowledging freedom for any group of people, I can't see the downside. That can't be a bad thing. It can't be a bad thing. Right. It can't. So on that note, um, you know, as, as I mentioned, uh, we may have said once or twice, Pride Month. And, <laughs> you know, here at Better Let Me Tell You, we love to support local. It's our biggest you know thing we, we just love to, to put it in the forefront so our local performing arts center the adrian arsh center is as i mentioned earlier in its fifth year of celebrating their community dance uh and that's i, I i'm very deliberate in how i pronounce it because it's not community it's community but then instead of the y it's t-e-a so it's like a tea dance um yeah. for those of you who don't know what a tea dance is it's um Oh, God, there's so much gay history that I would have to get into to explain the tea dance. Um, in a nutshell, way back in the gold, the, the dark ages, um, you know, these gatherings would happen at, quote unquote, tea time. And they were clandestine. And so it was called the tea dance because if you said it was a gay dance, that was against the law. So, right. you know, it was this whole thing. And so to this day, we still in the gay community will have tea dances at clubs and, and gatherings where they usually happen between the hours of like it usually starts at like three. Mm-hmm. So it's usually from like three to six and it's like, that's a tea dance. Um, so it's the community uh, dance. Gotcha. And so, as I mentioned, I, I spoke with, uh, that was very succinct and to the point. Awesome. Wasn't that bad? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I, I yeah, tried. Yeah. I tried. I'm on my <laughs> second whiskey. So it was a crapshoot. Um, so we do have uh, an interview with Oscar Quesada from the Arsh Center talking to us about this year's um, community dance, as well as the history of why it started. And so without further ado, here's our interview with Oscar. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a public service announcement from the organization Fathers Who Want Better Gifts. Hey all, DJ here. On behalf of all the dads this Father's Day, I'm here to say we want better gifts. We want better gifts. Come on, we all love being the best dad, but do we really need a mug telling us so? Or better yet, a tie. Thanks to quarantine, people are barely wearing pants, much less formal wear. Come on. But you know what makes a great gift? A pair of the perfect jeans. No, no, no. That's really their name. The perfect jean. These soft, stretchy, and durable jeans come in several fits and use high-quality materials and techniques. And let's face it, most of us dads gained a few pounds during COVID, so we could use a little room in our pants these days. 
And the best thing about giving the perfect jeans for Father's Day, you can save cash while doing it. Visit theperfectgene.nyc today and use PERO20 for 20% off your first order. That's right. Dad will be proud you saved 20% using PERO20 on his gift. So this Father's Day, get your perfect dad or dad figure, the perfect gene, and use code PERO20 for 20% off your first order. Happy Father's Day. All right, mi gente. So as you know, we are in the midst of Pride Month. And, you know, I may have mentioned once or twice about me and my boyfriend and all the likes. Um, but, you know, as part of Pride Month, there's a lot of ongoings here locally in Miami. And one of the biggest events is at the Adrian Arsh Center with their community uh, dance. I probably am saying that wrong. But if I am... The programming manager, Oscar Casada, who's with us here today, will definitely correct me. So thank you for joining us, Oscar. Thank you, Rish. And you said it correctly, community dance. Okay. Uh, it's exactly how you said it. it it's a, a kind of a play on words there with, uh, you know, community being something that it's for the community, for everyone, and a tea dance that, you know, everyone knows and loves. And, yes. You know, Especially after everybody. last year, we all need a tea yeah. dance. Every, yeah, every day needs to be your own personal tea dance. Absolutely. If it's not, you're not doing it right. So, you know, on that note, I guess let's, and that's a great segue, let's spill a little bit of the tea on the community dance. Um, so, Adrian Arsht, I know personally, I've gone to, obviously, there wasn't one last year, a physical one, but I've gone to the last two um, prior to that. How long has, uh, you know, the Arsht Center been engaging in, in this event? So we started in 2017. Um, so it's it's been five years, and um, it it did kind of start from a place that's you know very serious. And uh, we know that this year is the five year anniversary of Pulse in Orlando and those tragic events. And so, was this a reaction um, to Pulse? Uh, this began kind of as a reaction to that. Definitely, um, it was certainly a, a major part in that, that we felt um, as the Arch Center, as a place for our community, um, you know, the Performing Arts Center of Miami, we felt it was necessary to respond, do something, and, you know, offer something uh, that we can gather the community for a moment of, of healing through art, um, through queer expression and uh and celebrating love and uh most importantly to stand against hate in all forms and so since then it's you know we've we've done it every year except for last year we can talk about that later because it was covid uh but uh since then it's become an annual tradition of the arch center um and we're honored to have you know, the opportunity to provide a platform for local um, LGBTQ plus uh, performers, artists, vendors, local businesses um, as, a, as a place that they can come to the Arch Center and know that they're welcome uh, no matter what. 
Well, you guys definitely do a great job of that. And I have to say what I love about the event, uh, the past events anyway, because the future one still hasn't happened. It's coming up on June 26th, Saturday. Um, what I loved about it was like the blend of local with, you know, quote unquote name artists, shall we say, um, you know, Christine W, Shangela, but then they're also sharing the stage with, you know, Carla Croqueta, DJ Hot Pants, you know, and, and it, it's this beautiful, like blending or hybrid of, you know, yeah, the big names that we all love and, you know, get us on the dance floor and, and, you know, and all that, but it's, it's that, that queer community at a local grassroots level that you guys engage. Um, you know, is that something that's continuing into this year or how has that changed, I guess, now that we're emerging from, from the COVID of it all? Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. That's been a, a major focus of community dance and it's what it's, it's part of the community in the, in the, in the tea. And <laughs> This is the most we've ever said community in one episode, ladies and gentlemen. This is yes, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so it's been a, a primary focus of our programming is to be able to spotlight and support those um, artists that are South Florida-based, not only in Miami, but um, in South Florida in general, yeah. that identify as LGBTQ+, that um, are allies to that community. And, um, you know, it's a core of our mission to engage and connect people from every corner of, I'm going to say it again, community. <laughs> I would say to drink, but some of our listeners listen in the car, so I don't want to be the cause for drunk driving. But otherwise, so, I would. I'd be like, take a shot. And, it's our community. And, uh, and so this year, especially, it's entirely focused on the locals. Okay. Um, because of, of COVID and, and where we're at, um, we, we took the opportunity to change it up a bit, uh, still keeping you know, the essence of what this event is all about, which is about celebrating our Miami and South Florida diversity artists, talent, bringing them to our audiences and introducing our audiences to them. So it's it's this, you know, symbiotic relationship. Yeah, no, for a second there, I almost felt like RuPaul with like, you know, cunning, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Um, <laughs> but um, so, you know, obviously last year had its challenges, but again, this just goes, you know, to further solidify the Arsh Center's commitment to really being that that space, right? And, and I'll use the word ally. I think that's a proper word. Our center is definitely an ally to the LGBTQ plus community. But last year, you guys even executed, you know, a, a, a form of pride celebration, um, even though it wasn't physical. Can you remind some of our of our listeners of what that was? Because last year feels like it was 400 years ago. And, you know, it, it, I, I, time has no meaning anymore, right? It's like I, insane. I have lost track of time. You know, being in, in, in programming where we're planning so many different seasons at the same time. Oh, you're planning I, like months ahead in advance. So you're already like in December, aren't you? In your head. I, I think I'm in 20, it might be 2023, 20, <laughs> I have no idea what year we're in. But yeah, you are, you're right. Last year um, was different as well. We quickly shifted our, our programming efforts. Um online like mm -hmm. so much of the world did uh because our venues were were shuttered and um 
we wanted to still be able to reach and connect to people in, who, who follow the Arsh Center to be entertained, to, to learn things. Um, so yeah, we did uh, an edition of our Arsh at Home, uh, which is a weekly newsletter every Thursday. Mm-hmm. Subscribe was, if you haven't already, people. Sign up to our mailing list. <laughs> Buy something on my Etsy. Um, <laughs> so we uh, we did that, um, featuring. Uh, so it was a Pride edition to kick off the month of Pride mm-hmm. of June with um, again local LGBTQ plus artists, and actually uh, a couple of those are going to be part of our in person Pride celebration this year i love you for helping me do that transition i was gonna i was gonna set it up but you did it on your own go for it yeah so um so this year do you, do you want me to talk a little bit about the Absolutely event or talk about the event talk about as much as you want it's an audio medium i need i need people to hear it's it's I, even though we're on audio i'm so happy to be see <laughs> <laughs> it really makes a big difference when we when we first started a little segue when we first started you know with the pandemic it's like okay we'll do virtual interviews and it was just audio and it was hard because you can't read people and you don't know when like if somebody's pausing or if they've finished their sentence or if they went to the bathroom like you know you don't know what's going on so yes i've decided i'm only doing even though it's an audio podcast i'm only doing video interviews because it's just it, it takes a weight off of both ends so yeah yeah, and it's great. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, so this year's community dance is uh, drink. Oh yeah, <laughs> if you're drinking, drink. Uh, we have something for for everyone this year, um, and because it's post COVID, we we've changed it up a bit and introducing some new things, and and we're going to be doing it in uh, two parts. So. Oh. Yeah, so uh, so we've got this year, um, we're going to kick things off on Saturday, June 26th at 3 p.m. with our outdoor new and free Pride Marketplace on the Thompson Plaza, which is the plaza where community dance has um, always taken place. Which is beautiful, the way you guys just really deck it out and, and kind of get it just, it, it, it feels, I hate to use the word safe space, but it does just feel like a very welcoming environment. Like you literally just walk in and it's just like, oh, cool. We're all just here to have a good time and, and be a, I'm going to do it, guys, a community. Um, <laughs> so I, it, it's actually fantastic how you guys set that up. Thank you. It's it's such a great space to work in. And uh, it's great to, part of this is to have visibility and and being out there Absolutely. right off of the same boulevard. Can't get more visible. The only thing more visible would be if you had put this on on I-95. Like, it's the only way to be more visible. (laughs) Pretty much. So, guests of all ages will be able to come to the Pride Marketplace uh, and peruse a a curated selection of uh, local LGBTQ plus vendors, artisans, creatives of all kinds. We've got uh, clothing vendors, jewelry uh, someone who does woodworking, oh, wow. candles, and and of course there will be some free resources on health and mental wellness, which of course is so important. Uh, perhaps now more than ever. Oh yes, yes. And 
and uh, DJ Hot Pants will be spinning for the duration of the Pride Marketplace, which is uh, it's four hours. It's from three to seven. There'll be, of course, food and drink specials because what's Pride without food and drink? Hello, you, it takes energy. You got to replenish it if you're celebrating. Absolutely. And it helps the conversation sometimes. It really does. <laughs> it really does. And also, I got to say, like, if y'all haven't heard DJ Hot Pants set, I don't even understand how to explain it to you or what you're waiting for because it's like he does top 40, but then some deep cuts and some random old B-side from like 1983. Then there's a mashup. I mean, it's it's songs that you forgot you loved. That's that's how deep he goes in. And, and I, I freaking love him. Oh, yeah, and totally. And over COVID, he was doing weekly happy hours where he was you know, doing all these throwbacks and tributes to artists. And, I mean, he's he's been amazing. He's been with the community dance since the very beginning in 2017. And uh, we're so happy to have him back. He is also one of the um, artists that did a uh, created an Arsh Tunes Spotify playlist for Arsh so check that out if you're interested. It's on uh, our, the Arch Center Spotify account or go to archcenter.org and look up Arch at Home. And um, so we're happy to have DJ Hot Pants back. And for families, of course, we'll have some arts and crafts. We are doing limited capacity but free Pour Your Art Out workshops, which is another initiative initiative that uh, came out of COVID, uh, Pour Your Art Out, it's another play on words there. The puns will. just keep coming at the Arch Center, guys. It's just, <laughs> I mean, they love wordplay over there. It's, a, it's an art yeah, center. What, what more do you want? Bursting with creativity. <laughs> and so those will be fun for um, the entire family yep. throughout the afternoon. And then... Once the sun sets... Yeah, that takes us through the, the daytime portion. And if you're looking to extend the fun, starting at 6.30, we're going to be moving indoors onto the stage of the Ziff Ballet Opera House. Okay. So this is this is new to community dance. Um, for my own, for my own, like, is this the same space that had the, uh, the Deborah Cox holiday uh, concert? Yes, 100%. Were you there for that too? Of course I was. Shoot, Deborah Cox, and I get to support my local performing arts center. I mean, it was like it was like y'all tailor made it for me. Yes. So it's going to be it's going to be very similar to that. Um I'll describe it for your listeners. <laughs> since um since they can't see it right now, but we uh essentially we've taken the stage of the Ziff Ballet Opera House, which is where we have our Broadway shows, our ballets and operas um it's a huge stage eighteen thousand square feet and we built a stage on top of the stage Palmetto. and have brought chairs so it's a much more kind of intimate cabaret feel tables and chill um there's table service for food and drinks uh you scan your qr code it's all very safe and uh friendly um and welcoming and and so that's the onstage setup. And so this year, uh, we will have the show will start off at six thirty with DJ Citizen Jane, um, Miami native, right? A Miami native. She'll be doing uh, 
a happy hour set. So while while people are starting to show up and get their tea dance on, she'll be uh, <laughs> playing some music for us. If you if you don't know her, maybe you do know her. She's the founder of Hylia Pride, or one of the founders of, and was on the board or is on the board of directors for Safe Schools of South Florida. So it's awesome to have someone like her. And she was Such also an recently featured, I believe it was a Modelo beer commercial. Um, so, you know, I, I know my audience. You got to keep them in the liquor world sometimes. <laughs> keep Just keep talking about drinking. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so so on stage, we have a mix of music and dance. So DJ Citizen Jane is going to start it off, and that will transition into some dance performances, okay. the first of which will be um, by dancers from Miami City Ballet. Nice. And this is all original work. Um, uh, one of their dancers, Elena Anderson, she choreographed this new piece called Tang. It was, uh, she choreographed it, came up with the, the piece during uh, quarantine. And uh, it's, it's kind of a queer family. You know, she's, she's queer, her brother's queer. And then uh, her brother who, who composed the music, I should say. Oh, wow. Um, and, and then it's performed by two Miami City Ballet uh, male dancers. So it's a, it's a duet. It's gay. <laughs> That's something you always see. This is true. Right? And it's, um, it's a really powerful piece that, that will be very cool uh, for you to, to see. And then we move over to Randolph Ward, another dance piece, another original dance work. Randolph's piece is a, it's called The Queen of Drag, and it's a tribute to the life of William Dorsey Swan, who was the, uh, an American gay liberation activist that was born into slavery and is known as the first uh, documented uh, uh, person to lead a queer resistance group oh, in the U.S. Before Stonewall, um, wow. this was... Yeah, and so it's it's a very powerful piece in and, and three parts that Randolph has uh, choreographed, mm -hmm. and it's a mix of, of dance theater, drag, and Vogue. We'll be joined by uh, CC Glitzer, okay. uh, drag queen, and Ken Donovan for the Vogue dancing. So we're really excited to have that piece as part of this. Uh, I love it. It's like it's like your own little version of uh, historical, like legendary, happening uh, on the stage. Yes, it's you know, it's almost like a mini festival that gives you a bit of everything. And we're going to close it out with a rock and roll concert by Patrick and the Swayzes. Love the name. They are, um, if you haven't heard of them, they're from Key West, so keeping in the South Florida yep. connection there. Uh, but they do a really high-energy mix of uh, not only originals, but cardi uh, covers of party hits from the 50s and the 60s. It, it's going to make you twist and shout, and he does the splits. And, I mean, <laughs> if, you done, if you haven't seen his show, it's, it's amazing. So we're really proud of this lineup for pride for the community dance celebration 
And that'll be from 6.30 to 9.30 in the Zafali Opera House. That is fantastic. Like, honestly, I mean, I, I know you put all of this together. So first of all, thank you. Because I know it takes a hell of a lot of effort to just, you know, coordinate. Listen, it takes me a lot of effort sometimes to coordinate two people in an interview. And you're coordinating like, you know, an army of, of, of individuals to make sure everything goes off without a hitch. And if past community dances are any indication, it will go off without a hitch and it will be a huge success. And, you know, so thank you for, for all those efforts that, that you've put into it. Um, where can our, our listeners go to find out more information? You know, because, you know, they're listening in the car. They're going to say, oh, this sounds great. And then they'll forget about it by the time they get back. You know, they're like, I, where do I go to, to find out information? So, Of course, for more information on community dance, including the Pride Marketplace and the onstage performances in the evening, you can visit arshtcenter.org. That's A-R-S-H-T-C-E-N-T-E-R dot O-R-G. And I should mention, the Pride Marketplace is free, and the community dance onstage performances are $15 a person. It's limited capacity, indoor, comfortable. Well, you've been to Live on the Plaza and Deborah Cox, so you know exactly what the experience is like. Um, I was actually about to ask you, can they get a table? Like, is, is, is it the same oh, yeah. scenario? Yeah, so you reserve it by the table. So we have tables of one, two, three, four. So various group sizes. You can come alone. You can bring friends. Everyone's, you know, invited. You may go alone, but you're going to leave with friends if you do. You know, it, it, it's great. definitely a, a great environment to just, you know, meet new people and hang out and, and again, feel part of the community, uh, as it were. Drink to that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, Oscar, I mean, I, you know, again, I know we're, we're kind of closing out Pride Month at this point, right? You know, but I will say, I think it's, it's beautiful what, what the Arch Center has been doing, what they continue to do. Um, I can't wait to swing by. Um, and actually, in my mind, I'm already looking forward to next year's because, again, you have spoiled me at this point, sir. Whereas in every year, it just gets better and better and better. So I'm like, all right, the ones I've been to in the past were great. This one sounds phenomenal. So next year, you know, Yaka, everybody's going to be out of COVID mind a little more. Like, I don't know. They may just lower a drag queen, like, you know, from the sky in a helicopter or something. I don't know. You guys always just, you know, surprise and, and light. I will write that idea down and <laughs> I will steal that idea. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tiffany Fantasia would be up for that. Yes. We'll have her back. She's hosted before. So yeah, we thank you so much for this opportunity. And, uh, you know, every year is a little bit different and that's part of the fun. So we hope that you will, will surprise and delight you at this year's and we'll see you at next year's, uh, but definitely come this year on Saturday, June 26th, 3 p.m. for the Pride Marketplace, 6.30 p.m. for the concert, yep. and we'll see you there. Yeah, yes, I mean, people, there's no excuse. There's food, there's music, there's dancing, there's stuff to buy. I mean, and, and it's right there on Biscayne Boulevard. Come on. It's not even like it's hidden or anything. All right, Oscar, thank you again for swinging by. It's always a pleasure to, to see you. I know you and I, you and I know each other from a couple of years back now, so it's it's nice to to see a, a face that I that I know and like, and and hope to keep running into you at all these events. Thank you. Likewise. <laughs>
And we're back. It's weird because I never say that. It's always Darian who says that. And so it's weird for me to be like, yes. and we're back. Yeah. And you said it in a very DJ way. I, You know, I'm trying. I don't want the, the listeners to have like PTSD or something yeah. after who listening to me. Like, what's going on? This is not my show. I hate you. And then we get, you know, there's letters to the producer, which is me. So good luck. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that, that you know, for again, for those who, who are in Miami and, and want to attend, it's June 26th is the community dance. You can go to the, the Arch Center's website. Um, one of the things that I loved, and, and it's funny because I, I think I went to the first one now in, in hindsight thinking about it. I didn't put two and two together that this all started actually as a reaction to the Pulse shootings. Um, well, and Oscar, and, yeah, yeah Oscar mentioned up, yeah. it in, in, the, in the interview. You know, it really did start off as a let's get together and commemorate this and show that we are a community and that we are together and, and united. And it's evolved into a celebration of, of that community. Um, so I think that's that's again taking the negative and into a positive, right? It's it's yeah. that that there's a beauty in that. So, you know, if you guys can go, please do. It's it's a fantastic event, and again, you know, you don't have to be gay to go. Um, you know, you, I mean, I guess it helps. Um, but uh, <laughs> but but I mean, no. But you know, it, you know, you can be an ally. I mean, I'm looking across the table right now at one of my favorite allies. Thank you. You know, and and I'm not just saying that because me and your wife have already basically picked out your short shorts for the Miami beach pride in September. Listen, man, I, I am basically, um, you know, whatever she puts out for me to wear. Yeah. <laughs> You're like a kid. Yeah. You just show up in the morning yeah, she, and like, she, she well, says, this she is, says, Hey, put, put on this suit. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, Hey, what color dress are you wearing? Okay. I'll put on that same color right. shirt. You know, um, it, it makes things very easy. Yeah. I, 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 I can, it. I can do things like pick it. up my socks Okay, well, but socks have become like a personality thing lately, yes, I, right? I, I do like socks with uh, with like some sort of printer pattern on them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I I pick up my own watch. Okay, um, okay. I love how you're like I pick out my own watch. Like you've just <laughs> you've been like graduated to the big boy table. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and some of them are not even digital. What? Yes. Do they all have like metal, or some have plastic? What's what? Is there like a, a hybrid? Hybrids. Oh my god! Yeah, sure. Why not? Look at you with the options. Yeah, oh and god. ties. I love ties. I, I used to be a very big tie person. Yeah, and then I just stopped caring about dressing up. Hmm. I've just got I'm to not, that point I'm not where like there yet. It, okay, let me rephrase that. It's not that I don't care. Like when we have to go out to like a nice event, like mm-hmm. I'm the first one who's like, like, well, I have a 15s coming up in July, and it's like. I'm still figuring out what am I going to wear to the quinces. Like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know what to wear. Never mind the fact that it's not my quinces. Right. It's not my daughter or my niece or my cousin, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? But it, I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to wear? What do I have to take? And so, uh, yes, I do care. But I used to be, like, about, like, whenever, like, I would go out dancing. I look like a damn Christmas tree. Because, like, I would put on, like, <laughs> like two bracelets and a couple of rings and, like, maybe a chain. And maybe I'd have a hat or a fedora or whatever. Like, now when I go out, it's just like, you know what? I'm just going to put on a tank top and pants and that's, we're going to call the, it a day. That's the only way I've known you. <laughs> see, you didn't know me when I would no. put on the gangarrias. How, however, yeah. I see it in you. You see, I, and I still have all of them. I will show you in, in my in my little cofrecito. Like I still have all of my rings and my bracelets and no, everything. No, Occasionally no, no, no. I bust them out. Uh, just give me a fashion show. But I want a <laughs> full on, full on catwalk. All right. Are we going to have an 80s uh, montage? Yeah. An 80s yeah, yeah, fashion yeah. montage situation? <laughs> All right. If it happens, listeners, I will post it on Instagram. Just so we're very clear. I, I, I don't say things I don't promise. But um, so 
I'm a little thirsty, even though we're here drinking. Well, you're you're done with your with your whiskey. Um, okay. so it's time for our last sodas yes. of the desert. So you know what? As the guest, I I will defer to you to go first. Thank you. So um, you mentioned yesterday that this could be a uh, last soda sin gas. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So uh, yes. Darian is infamous for giving gasless sodas. Yeah. So to people one, who suck. One of the things that really really irked me this week uh i i got up on uh on monday and i was like you know what the world chose violence oh yeah no it was it was awful uh the oh that makes me sad i'm gonna keep drinking the florida state board of education unanimously voted okay to ban um oh yeah, you you know you know I think I know where this is going. But you know oh, where yeah. I'm going, right? Yeah, um, critical race theory mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in schools, uh, which for those who don't know, critical race theory basically posits that racism is ingrained ingra- <laughs> ingrained in the fabric of right. pretty much every system in our country. Yeah. It basically wants you to take a critical eye, a critical eye, right, to the, to the quote unquote system, yeah, and see where racism could be a part of the problem from the get-go. Right. Right. Um, so it, it has now been outlawed to speak about this in the public school system. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, the worst thing to happen to uh, education in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe ever. Really? Because um, I, I am not a proponent of standardized testing. Um, and but how will you know who's smarter than others? <laughs> if you can't um, point to a test and, and say somebody memorized answers, how will oh you boy. ever know? Oh, boy. So much to unpack there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll bring you back for that one. Yeah. So, uh, But I think that as an educator mm-hmm. uh, myself, it is our job not simply to educate students. Teach the test. In, uh, right. And in, in the specific area in which they are in your class for. Mm -hmm. But if you can tie your subject into something that is germane to their lives, right? Right. You are, um, you're a better teacher and you have, you have made, you have made the subject matter relevant. Yeah. I do this. That's key. Right. I do this in, in my class as a literature teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I have, no idea how history teachers are going to teach history. They will forgive the word whitewash. Yeah, um, and and then you know what? And I'm going to take that back because that sounds like I'm being critical of the history teachers, right? And I don't I don't think it's it's fair it's, to it's them. It's not on them. No, it's not on them. What will wind up happening is that they will basically teach the test, right? Mm-hmm. They will teach the bare basics of like when was slavery abolished, what caused slavery the cotton gin, like, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll literally just kind of like do the checklist that, right. that well, that for all intents and purposes that I grew up with, you know, that, that that's yeah. when, okay, we're going to learn about slavery this week and here's the thing and it was bad and okay, great. And now they're free. Oh, all right. I, I think that's, what's going to wind True. up happening. And, and, and very this, bare, this, bare bones, bare this, bones. This is definitely what is in the textbooks. Right. Uh, we, we are not getting a comprehensive history. Well, we're not getting a comprehensive in, history in of anything because our textbooks are old as um, fuck. However, the discussions that I had with my history teachers and with my literature teachers um, and with any teacher who cared to talk about what was going on in society, these are the things that stuck with me most. 
Of course. And so I, I think that you you are asking asking teachers to get in a boxing ring with both hands tied behind their backs. Yeah. And we're just gonna fall flat in our faces. And we're we're yeah. gonna we're gonna fail ourselves, we're gonna fail the students, and um, Floridians deserve better, especially yeah. as a state that was part of the Confederacy. We deserve better. I just think it's Again, as a teacher, and, and, and I mean, you're, you're a teacher, you know, at what point are you actually educating versus teaching? And I think that's, and it's interesting because you call yourself an educator. Now that I think about it, that's how I, I think I will start referring to, to people in the quote unquote teaching, you know, Indu- industry. Yeah. I was gonna say industry. I'm such a marketer. Um, <laughs> it is an industry. It absolutely well, is an industry. But, you know, right? in, in that field. We mentioned, I mean, we mentioned standardized testing, right? It's an that's industry. That's true. That's right? true. Someone's making a buck. And I think, but that's true. There is a very big difference between a teacher and an educator. You know, a, a teacher just shows someone how to do something, right? Mm-hmm. There's value in that, right? Of course. Because like, shit. We're not born knowing how to walk. Someone has to teach us how to walk. You don't educate me on how to walk. You right. teach me how to walk, right? But what you guys do, the good ones, is educate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's taking the kids and taking and, and again, I'll say this, some of my best my favorite teachers were were my English teachers because I think English also kind of lends itself because it's there's a lot of interpretation there and all that, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. So they they'll take you past just the the face of it and and actually ask you to think about things and apply your own experiences or think about other people's experiences, you know. It, and that's one of the beauties of of reading, you know, novels and all that is that you get to yeah. have that moment of like, well, I've never been, you know, in this situation, but oh shit, what would I do if I was in that situation? Well, okay, great, but I'm not because of this. this. Like, it's just so I, I, I don't know. I will use the word educator moving forward. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Cool. Yes, because I think it's fair. No, no, yeah. Granted, all educators are teachers, but all teachers are not educators. Let me make right. that very clear yeah. distinction. Uh, yeah, as as, <laughs> a, as as an educator who works with. A handful of teachers. There you go. There I can, you go. I, I you can, can attest, attest to that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that definitely is where my. Uh, that's where your gasless soda is going. That's where my gasless going. All right. Well, so I guess the gasless soda is going to the Florida Education Flor- Florida System? State Board of Education. There you go. It's, uh, I'll never forget one time. And let's throw in Governor DeSantis because that all started oh, with his thing. You mean as uh, a friend of mine said on Instagram, Governor DeSastre? This after I like that. Yes, I'm officially going to coin it. Thank you, Ernesto, for that. I'm taking it. And I've heard a it. couple different uh, plays on his name, but that might but, be the best one. But desastre, it kind of yeah. works, right? It kind of yeah. works. Um, it's funny you mentioned the, the Board of Education because I was in high school, okay, and I remember a teacher, overhearing a teacher say this to another teacher, that one day one of them went to the Board of Education for, for a meeting or something, for something, you know, a benign reason. They just right. had to go down to downtown or whatever. And they were like, oh, look, they have a picture. You know, they, they had a painting of like a bunch of children or whatever. And one of the teachers turned to the other one. And she's like, yeah, that's the only way that they can remember that there's actually kids in the classroom. Oh, that's so fantastic. again, and well, that was, and, yeah. I graduated in 97. That was eons ago. So yeah. this is nothing new. Well, and, and, and that, that sort of attitude still persists where the, the people running the show are so far removed from the yeah. classrooms yeah. that o- oftentimes, like you know, uh, pedagogy and uh, the the things that you use to actually educate students. I don't know what are... pedagogy is. Ped- pedagogy is. Um... <laughs> I was even trying to think of something 
cute and clever to say, and I couldn't. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even think of anything that could possibly be. Uh, pedagogy is basically like what the system, the system of education, not the school system, but uh, your techniques. Okay, got it. Okay, yeah. Okay, let's let's okay. let's think of it that way. That's okay. probably the easiest way to explain pedagogy. Okay, styles, teaching. Okay. Styles. I thought it was a Pokemon for a minute. Kind of sounds like it would be. Okay. Yeah. See, that was the clever response I was trying to get to earlier, but I needed time. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it would say its own name too. Right? It would be. It would yeah. be like pedagogy. That's yeah. perfect. See, that's that's exactly it. It will show up in the next deck, and we'll have no claim to it because we don't own Pokemon. No. Yeah. Damn it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Um, so, so thank you. So, okay. This is the, the state board of education in Florida, gasless soda. Um, so in keeping with my, with, with my, uh, last sodas for this month, again, pride month, I, mm-hmm. I, I said I was gonna make it a point to every week give a, a last soda to someone who made an impact in the LGBT community. And this week I'm going to go ahead and give it to Marsha P. Johnson. Okay. Now, for those who don't know, uh, Marsha P. Johnson is a activist and self-identified drag queen. And yes, Marsha P. Johnson is her drag name, but as anybody who's met a drag queen knows, you never know their real name. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally, I, Carla Croqueta, I don't know what her legal name is. Like, to me, it's Carla Croqueta. Like, I don't. I, I would run into her at, like, Publix. I'd be like, Carla! She right. wouldn't be in full drag. That's just how it is. Um, Whatever it is, is not as interesting as the drag name. Exactly, yeah. Like, I don't make the so rules. why do you care? Right, I don't make the rules. That's yeah. just how it is. Like, right. you know, I'm sure there's no... No one is calling Cher Nobody. by her Christian name. <laughs> well, her, her real name is Cher. Yeah, but, I mean, giving all the, you know, middle name, last name... Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just Cher. She's just Cher. She's just yeah. Cher. So, um, she was actually... So, Marsha B. Johnson was um, one of the prominent figures in the Stonewall Uprising in 1969. Uh-huh. She's often credited for throwing the first, um, the first uh, rock at mm-hmm. the Stonewall riots. Even though, to her credit, she says that it was not her... Because she said that she was at home getting ready when she heard that the riots were happening, she's like, "I didn't throw the first rock, but I sure put a couple of my put a couple of my purse and went down there." <laughs> so, um, you know, just to keep it short and sweet, you know, you can read about her, Marsha P. Johnson. Um, you know, she was a, again prominent figure in the gay rights movement, and again a black drag queen. There's some question whether she was drag queen or transgender, but. Um, most history books have her as a drag queen, so I'm going to go that route. Um, and again, this just goes back to the whole thing about representation. You know, the gay rights movement. Don't forget, guys. You know, the people at the forefront were black and trans individuals. So, you know, to to do gay pride and not acknowledge them in in some way, shape, or form is really this has become a very whitewashing referencing episode, and I didn't mm-hmm. mean it to be that way yeah. at all. But um, you know, it, it, it's it's about representation, and representation comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. And you know what? It's what makes up the rainbow. Yes. So, so on that note, I will wrap up episode one sixty. I want to say it's 161. I think I may have sent 162 earlier. And that was a, a no-no. That was a faux pas. So apologies. But I want to thank you, David, for joining me, for, for filling thank in for, for, for Darian. Uh, it's, I can't believe this is the first time you've ever guest hosted. Your I, wife has been on already twice. Yes. Yeah. As guest host and twice as a guest. Wow. So she's been I've on got, four. I've, I've got some catching up to do. You do have some catching up to do. But, yeah. um, but you know, hopefully we'll have you on more often when, you know, when one of us is sick or something. Well, ho- hopefully the fans liked it. 
We'll keep it. The fans like what we give them um, at go. this point. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, like, you tell them what they like. Unless we yeah. hear otherwise, we assume <laughs> that they're enjoying everything. Yeah. And they just, you know, trust me, if they don't like it, they will complain. I say that actually because um, we do have people who have sent us emails literally just after we have a conversation about anything to tell us, you know, that was so meaningful. That was so great. And, oh, and that's, that's fantastic. It sounds cheesy as hell, but that really is one of the best reasons to keep doing this is when mm-hmm. we get those emails and those DMs from people saying, loved your conversation. It meant so much to me because of X, Y, Z. And so, you know, thank you listeners for doing that. And please feel free to keep doing that as well. I, I That's so great. Yeah. You guys have a meaningful podcast. On Mount Geekmore, we, you know, we geek out about comic books and movies. And- hey. As someone who's guested on Mount Geekmore, okay, I have to say it is meaningful because if not, how would we know who are the top four TV sitcom best friends? That's true. Okay, That's you're doing true. a public service, sir. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you can get a tax exemption for it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me well, if Mary's well, already getting it well, <laughs> and, and not telling us a damn thing about it. But that's how he can keep the podcast going because of the tax <laughs> exemption. So he doesn't have to tell you because you're, you're able to do it because of it. It's Whatever. a vicious cycle. I'm here for the fun of it. Exactly, exactly. So, one other guys, thank you again for for stopping by, and thank you, David, again, seriously for for you know popping in and, and helping me get Absolutely. this week's uh, episode out. So, don't forget, guys. Um, wait, I'm trying to remember how how is that Darian says it. Don't forget your croqueta, pastelito, and cafecito. <laughs> this episode 161, and again, we hope you listen, laughed, and learned, and we will be back next week. So, cuídense, mi gente. Bye. Better Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Better Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.